Thank you for being a part once again and uh, just being a part of what God is doing here at Radiant Life Church. This morning, as you heard just a few moments ago, we read the portion of Scripture. And I think all of the ladies in the room love it when we start right from the beginning with wives, submit to your husbands, right? How many ladies? You're like, yeah, this is it. Thank you. One right there. You must be real old school, real old school, or real biblical, or real something. But in our day, a verse and verses like this are not something that maybe if we were going to do a, uh, you know, on public TV, like that might not be our opening scripture to talk about our walk with Jesus. Because in our day and age, the thought of saying wives or ladies submit to a man or wives submit to your husband isn't exactly, let me think what the word could be, popular. It's not something that would be very accepted. It's not something that people would get excited about. But when we look at the word of God and how God created us, and we're going to get just actually, can I say this real fast? No one's allowed to leave until we're done with the sermon. Like you can't leave in the middle. I don't want to take anybody off. So it all comes around, right? Uh, but, the, but God made us, he created us, and he created us in a certain way. He created us with a hierarchy in our relationships. He created us with, with a call for wives to submit their husbands and then husbands to love their wives and all that goes with that. And even relating it to the church, what he did for us. And in 21st century world, it's not necessarily the popular way to go. And truly, even if we look in the church, there could be a lot of people who would say, I don't like that verse. I don't like what that says. That's not right. But when I look at my life and what the word says, it all needs to line up with that over what I think or what I want or what culture says or what it is. And also when we understand, truly understand the word of God, generally we get to the other side and we say, oh, I get why God would say that. I get why he sets it up this way. I get why, because he created us, he made us, he formed us, he knew us, he knows us, and he knows what we need and what life should be like. If we look at a room this large with this many people, a bunch of you are married and a bunch of you aren't. And if you're not, I believe this fully works in your life, in your relationships, in your situations. It could be like a front row right up here who all of them, I have a feeling, would love one day to get married. Like that's probably a goal. And so you want to line up with the word of God. But also, do you know that in our relationships and our friendships, in fact, what we've been learning about in Ephesians, there's something about submitting one to another. We talked to, last week or two weeks ago about the church. When we submit to one another, we as a church family can be what we like to call ourselves the rad fam. Like we can actually be family, but it doesn't work if we don't submit to one another. And this morning, I thought it would go with a real controversial or something none of us like, but enthusiastically in submission. Because nobody hears like the goal of my life today. Well, okay, maybe you are if you're real, real spiritual. But if not, you're like me, like no one's like, yes, I just want to submit. Anybody that's like your, your rally, I just want to submit to everything around. Like nobody wants to submit. We want what we want. I want what I want. This is Jersey Sunday. I want the Buckeyes to win. And 63 to 10 versus a bad team wasn't bad, but it was still not good enough. Kyle McCord, you should play better. Okay, well, he did pretty good yesterday. I maybe I, the carryover from a few days ago, right? But in our life, is that how we are in every area of our life? Is we want it to be how we want it. I want my grass to grow how I want it to grow. Somehow it's not growing that way 
and there's weeds everywhere. And I'm like, I can't decide if I'm going to put more money or if I'm just going to embrace it. Like it just is. I'm just that guy. And there's going to be the long wispy weeds that grow through my grass. That's, it's down there. It's just underneath of all the other stuff. But what about in our relationship, in our marriage, in our life? Do I want what I want or do I want to love the person God has given me? Do I want what I want or do I want my church to be and to act and to have what I want? Do I want what I want or do I, maybe, I don't step on toes, but do I want kids in the sanctuary that might cry every once in a while? And sometimes you might be like, it could be quiet. You know what I want is I want a whole bunch of crying babies. Now, I mean, I don't want them to cry actively and be a distraction, but I want babies. And what do babies do? They cry, which means I want babies so we can have a little bit of crying babies in the room. And right now we don't, so I thought it would be a safe moment. But later on, if anybody starts crying in the room, hopefully children, it's okay. We, We love it, right? I want what I want, or do I want what God wants for me and for my life and for my marriage? And it all comes down to, do I want what I want, or do I want my marriage with my wife to be all God has created to be? And I do not believe we can have both of those things at the same time. We can't be selfish in marriage and have a good relationship with anybody, but with our spouse for sure. You can maybe want what you want when you date and when your wife goes home, or future wife goes home, and then you do what you want, but you don't get the same thing when you all of a sudden are married and now they wake up next to you and they don't look the same or smell the same or... Uh, you know, whatever the the situation, it changes when all of a sudden we give ourselves and we truly become one as the Lord has called us to become one. And today, as we look, there's a power and an understanding that Lord, your word is going to win. And even if a buzzword maybe in our day, like submit, isn't what we want, Lord, this is what your word says. We're going to get around to guys. Before we jump in real heavy here, I think it's also important to notice women Paul gives three verses that are for you, right? Like, okay, submit, make it happen. Do you notice he just kind of winds on and on and on and on with the guy part? And sometimes, I try not to be negative to us guys, but gentlemen, can sometimes, we can just be dense sometimes and we don't want to hear and we don't want to listen. W- women, that was your moment. That was literally your moment and no one took advantage besides a guy in the room. So he knows, he's like, yes, that's me, Right? There's times when we have to realize, Lord Jesus, we need to hear what you're giving us. We need to hear it. And I know in my own life, sometimes it just, it takes a little bit of repetitiveness. And I think Paul hears like, hey, women, bam, and women might be offended or like, what? And then guys, okay, you're going to have to hear it over and over and over and over again. And so that's what I, I think Paul was doing here. But as we jump in, it's real clear. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, I thought maybe we should just check what, I pulled it up right from Google, so it's definitely right. But what does that word submit mean? Like just to make it as, as painful as possible. It says accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. Women, how many of you are like, yes, yes. Not even our one raised their hand that time. Like, I don't know, that doesn't sound like what most of us are looking for. But wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything in their husband. Now, as I was looking at this, Maybe if you're a guy in the, in the room, until we get to the rest of this, you're like, I like that word, everything. Submit to everything, everything to their husband. 
And there's moments and times when we as men can live our life in a way where we expect exactly how that is worded and how it's said. We can expect wives should submit in everything to their husband. And in time, there has been abuse and there's been wrong understanding of what this means in that you could take it like the guy just has the thumb and gets to just do whatever they want. We're going to clearly understand that is not what God is saying. But there is this submission, and there's no way to soften what those words mean. There's no way to soften what submission is. There's no way to soften and say, okay, I'm going to submit to my spiritual authority, as it would say, to Christ the church, as I'm going to submit to my husband in a way and say, I am going to submit. I'm going to come before you. And when we think of marriage, starting with the woman's side, If we want to have healthy marriages, there must be a submission. There must be an understanding that I'm going to serve and I'm going to care and I'm going to take care of you. In fact, most of you ladies in the room would probably say, if I wasn't here, I'm pretty sure my husband would not survive or have, you know, maybe clean clothes or even make it. I see some women now like, yeah, that's right. And so there's a level of submitting. There's a level of service. There's a level of things that happen in a marriage relationship. And as we go, I, I can just feel the uncomfortable tension in the room. I love it. I love it. It's, it's so good. That's what I'm going for this morning. But right, there's, there's all of this. And it's like there's a submission and a service that has to happen. And truly, as we look, we're going to really quickly move on to the men because it's just clear. This is what Paul says. This is what we see throughout the word. This is what it is. A couple of things, though, that are, are very important. Throughout the word of God, God creates genders equally. We're created in God's image. No one is better. No one is any of that stuff. We have a eternal life. We're heirs together with God. We find in Galatians 3, we all do. There's not some hierarchy. There's not some whatever. But in this and in our relationships, there's a submission that God would call us to. Wives are submit to their husbands. But as we continue on and look at what it says, it says husbands are to love. And maybe you would say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Women have to submit and guys have to love. And if you stop there, what does love mean? What what does love look like? How is it possible that a marriage can be good and, and right if the woman has to submit and the guy just gets to love? Except we're not talking about just flippant love or we're not talking about just, eh, I love you, man. I love you, bro. Like that's not the, the love you have for your wife, men, just in case you know. That's not it. And it goes on and we read, loves your wives as Christ loved the church. What did Jesus do? Jesus sitting in glory in the throne room of heaven says, my people need a ultimate sacrifice. My people need someone that will come and die and the bulls and the goats is not going to get it done. And I need to go and be the sacrifice. Right? And it, it continues on, gave himself up for her. When we think about the love that a man is to have for his wife, it is a love of literally laying down every part of who I am, every part of me. Jesus, if I was in heaven saying, I'm going to give it all, I'm going to say, Lord, whatever you have, I will do. I will serve. I will give, even if it's death on a cross, even if it means my back being whipped and torn apart by the cat of nine tails and what that would have looked like, which no one would have wanted to be around that. It's disgusting. Having nails through the hands hung on a cross, little suffocating to death for you. That's what we are called to love like men. 
We're called to care. We're called to love. We're called to pour out the things that God would have for us. And if the men in the room are truly acting like the husbands God has created us to be, then it is not about, hey, Sierra, I'm glad that you take care of your husband's clothes so he has clothes or food or, you know, whatever it is, right? She was shaking her head earlier. But it means that, men, we are going to do everything we possibly can to lay down our life. We're going to provide. We're going to protect. We're going to take care. We're going to do what God has called us to do. And even if it means going all the way, even to death, that's what we're called to do. And when you begin to think and understand, okay, there's a submission, but there's a love that literally is all giving everything, then it's not one person with this power structure. Now, the man is given that headship like Jesus in the church. There's something about a leader. There's something about how God created men and what that is. And in our culture so often and, and with the movements and the things that are happening, our world wants to diminish that and lower that. And I want to call you men to the things of God. And that's to be leaders. That's to be strong. That's to be who God has created you to be, not what anybody else would say you should be. It's important and any woman in the room that when it comes from the power of God and how God would have a man to act, that should be a moment where it's like, yes, come on, that's what should take place. But because people have messed it up and because people have accepted or wanted or desired a wife that would serve and a man that just does his thing and may work, but then comes home and take care of me and do everything for me, which is not what submission means. That's not what that service would mean then sometimes we want to throw out kind of the baby with the bathwater, throw it all out. But the word of God puts us in a place where men, you are called to lead. You're called to be the head. You're called to be someone that as we continue through these verses, pours into your wife in a way, at 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. We should love our wives. It says that as we lead, our spouse should look more and more like Jesus. As we lead, there should be something that happens that as a family, as a home, we have better and better times in the Lord because he's shining through. He's pouring through. And if you have been married or if you are married, there may be moments when there's feelings and emotions, good or maybe bad. There may be seasons where it's a little easier and where it's a little bit more difficult. I almost asked for an amen there, but I, I refrained, right? There, there's seasons and there's times, but when we want to submit and when we want to lay down our life for one another, we're going to make it through those difficult moments, those difficult times. We're going to make it through when finances don't look like they looked for some reason. We're going to make it through when there's tragedy or even a family member or a kid or something that we would hate to have happen when there's something that takes place that rips our heart out. We're going to make it through because we serve one another. We lay our life down for each other. We submit to one another. And it's not a power struggle in the home. And the church does not need to be a place where we have to have a power struggle of who is on top, of who rules, of who reigns in that home. Because God has laid it out. Men, we must lead, we must be the head, and we must lay down our lives for our spouse. Women, we must submit as, as, Christ, as, as a church to Christ. We must lay it all down. And when we do, church, marriage should be the greatest thing going. 
I could say I am so thankful for my wife. I'm so thankful. We are uh, 18 years of marriage. I just had a, like a blank moment. Like, I, is that right? I hope that's right. And it does not get more difficult. It gets better and better and better. And we learn how to communicate better and better and better. We're figuring out how to do this life thing better and better and better. We're figuring out how to trust God in the easy or trust God when it's hard. It's just quicker. We're learning how to and what we each other needs on a day when maybe it's just been a little more difficult. And even the normal roles that we would have in the home, it's like, well, today I can serve and I can lay my life down even though I don't want to do that because I'm tired or vice versa. And it happens that all of a sudden we realize this is so much better. And she submits to my headship in the home. And that does not mean that I make every decision. I tell her what to do because that's not laying my life down for her by any means. We do life together. And I find it interesting that Rachel, she is fully happy when we do life together. That if there's moments, I'm like, I feel this is where she, we should go. She's like, let's do it. Let's go. That's where we're at because we serve. We submit. We lay our life down for one another. You know, as I was thinking, just a real practical thing. Sometimes when we think of submitting, you think of maybe someone like kneeling or someone, you know, being bent down towards someone. I'm in submission to them. And in the structure that God has laid, there's a submission that women are to have for their, for their husbands. And real fast before I continue, notice it does not say women to men. It's not that you are like submissive to every man. It says women, wives, submit to your own husbands. And that's a very different thing than submit to all men. Very, very different thing. I think I should just needed to point out there. But when we submit ourselves, maybe we would kneel. But when you lay your life down and you're dead, you're on the ground. It's almost a battle for who can get lower in serving one another. It's almost a battle for, hey, you, you might kneel, but I'm going to literally lay myself on the ground for you if that's what it takes. And when that is our goal, is who can submit or who can get lower, who can serve, who can die to self more, then that's a whole different way of thinking and a whole different way of life and a whole different marriage than, well, I'm not getting what I want and I'm not getting what I want in my way and it needs to be. Because there's no space for that. If I'm serving and if I'm dying to you, then my goal is to pour my love into you, my heart into you, my life into you. And that's what it's about. And I want to encourage us as a church not to take culture and what culture would say, not to take what, what the world would say, and we're not going to submit to nobody. We're not going to lay ourselves down for nobody. I think, I don't want to step on too many toes, but the feminist movement is like, does it line up with the word of God? And I'm thankful women need to get paid well and all of these things, great. But what does the word of God say? And when I learn it's not me versus you, but I'm going to submit you're going to submit in this case, I'm going to lay my life down for you, that it is good. The power of God is amazing. The goodness of God will ro just run over in our life and our marriage is better. Our kids are more, more healthy. Life is better. And when it happens in every other area of my life and relationship and friendship, in my job with the people around me, and I begin to say, Lord, I'm going to lay my life down for my brother. I'm going to lay my life down because my friend needs me. I'm going to lay down what I want because that person just needs a little extra today, and that's okay. I'm going to submit. I'm going to serve. I'm going to, life is different because I'm not looking for that 
this direction, but instead I'm going to go that way. And if you're serving and you're getting low and you're blessing me, then I'm going to do even more because that's what God has called us to do is to serve and to love and to lay our life down for one another. And church today, I'm pumped about what God is doing. I'm pumped about his word. I'm pumped he is so good. And we have a God that literally came from heaven to earth. And that means today, I pray we would be a group that we would serve one another. Not because the other person has my best preference or what I like the most, but because I love them way more than that. I love them more than me getting what I want. You know, I've maybe mentioned in the past, but my grandma, she was an amazing lady. She was tremendous. She was a server. She gave of herself. When she got towards the end of her life in dementia, she could not remember when people would come. She could not remember what people did. And she had the three C's that she would tell everybody. And those three C's were nobody calls, nobody comes, and nobody cares. And in her older life in dementia, it was kind of funny. I mean, it was, it was sad, but it was funny. We had a calendar that we'd put on the wall. And when people would go to her apartment, which was almost every single day, she had gobs of people all the time. She was loved. She was cared for. But then she would say, no one calls, no one comes, no one cares. And we would point at the calendar and say, right here, today, someone brought you ice cream. Right here, someone brought you food yesterday. Right here. And we could go through the list of what it was. But in her mind, she could not remember what they did. She could not remember what people had sacrificed. She could not remember because in her mind, she could only think of right now. And she didn't even remember it happened. I think sometime in our life, we get ourselves to a place where even though we may remember it, we can't see it the same, and we want the people around us to serve us. And instead of looking to die to ourselves, we want things done for us, and maybe in a marriage way, it might be silly. Why can't you just put the toilet paper on the thing the right way? Or maybe men, maybe you expect, or maybe a, a stay-at-home mom, why isn't the food, or why isn't whatever, whatever your things would be. But when we change it around, and it's not nobody calls, nobody comes, nobody cares, but it's instead, who can I call? Who can I go show up for? Who can I care for today? And if it's in our relationship, I'm not looking for Rachel to do all these things for me, but what can I do to serve her? Then it all changes. And in our life, when I get in a place where of self-pity, no, it's not time to hopefully just sit there and hope someone comes or my spouse, but instead, Lord, how can I serve someone? Because how much better do we feel when we serve, when we give, when we pour out, when we share Jesus with someone? How does it revive us even more than when someone just comes when I just need it? And you know what happens? I believe so much when I pour into my wife, she wants to pour into me. And today, if you have a relationship or a situation or a church conflict, or maybe most important besides Jesus, a spouse, that there's just a tension, there's a problem, there's an issue I want to encourage you to be someone who fights for what matters, who fights for the things of God, who gives your life up for, for that person. Verse 32 says, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And it's time to begin to say, Lord, the next six months, it might be hard. It might be a change. The next year, I'm going to pour out, and I'm not going to expect anything in return. Because sometimes you want things to be better, you have to make the change. So what is it that today, maybe in your marriage, you could say, Lord, I'm going to commit. Like sometimes we need an a, a end date for the next six months. I'm going to commit. 
And I believe that God, as you pour out, as you die to self, as you submit, as you lay your, your life down, that that spouse is going to begin to see a change. He's going to see something different in you. He's going to see that you're serving them. Going to see that you're not lording over them or see that, that rebellious or you know, whatever things we might think of. And instead, they're going to see you're showing up. You're there. They're going to see the calendar on the wall that my grandma had, not what she could remember in her mind and what she spoke all the time. Going to see, wow, you've really done. You've really showed up. You've really gone above and beyond. Even when you were tired, anybody else, it's hard to live life when you're tired. But even when you're tired, somehow you found the energy. And it's because of Jesus and what he did. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. But I just, I couldn't finish today without looking at and reading the first few verses here in chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You're not going to fix your life or your marriage or anything on your own might, on your own strength. Because we got ourselves to that point trying to do it on our own strength. So it's time instead to start saying, Lord Jesus, your strength, your might, your power in my life. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We like to look at the person next to us or that other person. There's principalities and powers at work. There's schemes that are happening. We have to understand it's not only me versus you. It's not only Jay and Ashley. There's more to this world. There's more to this life. And Lord, I need your power. I need to understand what the devil's trying to do to break up his church, to break up this institution, marriage that he has called us to, that he put us together and nothing is going to let it come apart. I'm going to see what the devil's trying to do. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I hope you, that's serious. There's a lot. I'm going to read it one more time. Do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We're not just fighting some little battle church. And if we act like it's just me and them, and it's just me and that person who, why do they have to act like they're, why can't my spouse just do we need to start looking at ourselves, Lord Jesus, I understand I'm fighting way more than my spouse. I'm fighting me, and I'm fighting what's going on around me. And Lord, not them. Don't fix them. Although, I'm sure there's things that could happen, but Lord, would you fix me? Would you make me new? Would you let me serve? I'm not looking for her to submit. I'm looking to die to her, to, to him, right? We're looking to let him move in our life. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Church, that's what we get to do. Ladies, the word, we get to submit to our husband. Men, we get to love and lay down our life for our spouses, for our wives. There's no place for lording over. There's no place for you are gonna, you're gonna, that's not what we're talking about here. I'm going to serve you. You're going to serve me. And we structure as God has, then we can have the best marriages around. The church should have the best marriages because we're committed and we don't fight our own battles, but we fight with the Lord and who he is. And I want to encourage us, we all need to start fighting for what matters. And if someone is in here, two or three, and your marriage is a mess, today is the day to start fighting. Not them, 
start fighting the evil one. It's the day to start fighting and to come together and to ask the Lord to move in your marriage. Maybe you can do that together as maybe you're in a place where you can do that. Or maybe you can't really have that conversation this afternoon. Maybe it wouldn't go well. You start fighting to submit. You start fighting to lay your life down and watch what God does in your marriage. He's good. He doesn't have a plan for you to live in some mediocre, we just survive marriage. That's not what marriage is. I cannot imagine living my life without my wife. In fact, I've said it a few times. I'm kind of joking, kind of not. But if she dies before me, I'm going to pray that God raises her from the dead so I can kill her because I'll be so mad that she died before me. It may not make sense, but I love my wife. Even when it's difficult, and I can't even think what that means. We, just, we talk and we communicate and we figure out problems and we don't have the same idea, then we talk about it and we pray about it. We let God pour into it because we serve and we give our life for one another. And if you feel like, I just want that, it may not be this week or next week. Maybe God heals and restores, and he can, but a lot of times there's that road, I'm going to serve and you die. You submit to them. You do what God has called you to do and don't expect them don't write a nobody calls, nobody comes, nobody cares calendar, you know, thing in your heart. Instead, start looking. No, I see. I see what they did there. They may not have said it like I wanted, but they tried. Start to pour out love by seeing what that spouse, that person, those people around you are doing. And God can bring healing and wholeness to you. Don't be afraid to reach out and say, hey, we need help. Don't be afraid to get somebody that can come, a couple that can help walk that journey. Don't be afraid as the individual, and maybe you can't do it as a couple yet, you find somebody to help you walk that journey so you can be the best spouse you can possibly be. And let us not be someone who would say, I don't like that submit word, or I definitely don't like thinking of dying to myself. Let's be a people. We're not going to be selfish. We're going to follow the word of God. And I'm going to lay down my life for my wife. And maybe it's jumping in front of a bus and pushing her out of the way. But way more little things day in and day out that are way more difficult than one moment. So when I don't want to, nope, today, I'm going to die to myself. I really don't like doing that. Nope, I'm going to do it because I love my wife. And it all brings honor to God. It all brings honor to him and to his church, to his kingdom, what's going to happen it brings honor. And when we serve each other at home, we can come and we can serve each other so much better at church when we're a family here because it's just who we are. Lord, you laid down everything for us. And we're going to lay down our own desires, our own will, our own pride. We're going to lay it down because I want to honor you. The church today, I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. I'm not going to make anybody come to the front or raise your hand, but if you'd say in your heart, my marriage just isn't what I want it to be. I want you to hear one more time. I'm not saying your husband or your wife that they need to do anything. I'm going to pray that God would in you restore you, that he would give you a new level to submit, a new level to die to yourself. And then we'll pray that that marriage comes together. But it's you. What do you need to do today? Maybe you're not married yet. It's time to start thinking. Young people, Someday, do you want to submit to that guy? Do you want to die to that lady every day? If not, I wouldn't date that person. Stay away from him. It's not going to be good. It's not going to get better when you get married. Anybody, does it just get easier when you get married? The, the cute things are no longer cute when you get married. 
I mean, some are, but the annoying cute things are no longer cute. They're just annoying. There's laughter among the adults because it's just true. So Lord, give us your heart. I'm going to serve. I'm going to submit. I'm going to lay down my life. And we're going to have the best marriages possible. It's not about me. It's about them. It's about us. It's ultimately about him. So Lord, this morning we're thankful. I praise you, Lord, that we can talk and we can talk about submission and we can talk as a church family about laying our lives down. We can talk about, as a group, enthusiastically being in submission to you, God, to one another, to laying everything down. Lord, and you can lead us and you can guide us. And even in a world where that would not be the, uh, maybe the popular thing to say, specifically in marriage, specifically in a um, male and female sort of way, Lord, your word wins. Your word, word wins in our life. And Lord, I pray we'd be the most loving people on the planet. Your church, we better be. Lord, and I pray today that you would help the women in the room to submit to their husbands and the men in the room to literally be willing and to lay down their life for their wives on a daily basis. Lord, that we would give it all to you. We'd lay it all down for you. We'd pour out our love upon you. We'd give you glory and honor, Lord Jesus, because we serve one another. And Lord, not that we're looking for them, but Lord, help us serve more. Help us lay down our life. Help us submit, God. And Lord, I pray today for those that their marriage are not where they want. That's not what they want it to be like. Lord, would you help? They're serving and they're dying to themselves. Lord, would you help within the next three months, six months, year, Lord, that they could look back and say, wow, God truly did a miracle from where we are to where we're going to be. Lord, that they could say, Lord, you're good. You're faithful, Lord. And not because my spouse changed, but Lord, because I changed. Lord, because I died to myself, because I submitted. And Lord, would you honor that sacrifice, that service, that honoring you, looking like you, Lord, with marriages that are strong and healthy that the world looks at and says, how? Lord, that we don't follow 50% or so divorce rate. Lord, we don't even know anything near that, God, because we're trusting you and we're walking in you. And as husband and wife and as a church and as individuals, we're laying ourselves down. Healthy marriages, healthy homes, healthy families. Lord, this week, I pray that you would help people put on your full armor, your full protection, your full strength. Lord, that you would be their guide. You would let them know what they're supposed to do. And maybe this week was a hard week. Well, next week's going to be a great week in your spirit. Because we're going to focus on you. We love you. Lord, bless this church. Bless this congregation. So thankful for each one. Lord, you are good. You are mighty. You're powerful. Move in each heart today. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.